Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chased by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Herb Smith touchdown. Five fire rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host. Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to Budday Sports Feed on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Besides being on the radio, we're also recording this for playback on Blue and Gold Illustrated's YouTube channel. So, Mike, let's dig into some recruiting conversation. Well, you teased us last week that there were five possible commitments for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman and his staff, they go five for five. The nice thing, Mike, there wasn't a lot of drama last week. Everything sort of fell into place. Maybe just give us your thumbnail sketch, five commitments from the Fighting Irish. Put it into perspective what the Irish accomplished last week. I will add it ended up being five for six. Um, there's a, a, a athlete recruit, Micah Tease, out of Oklahoma, okay. who ended up announcing pretty, like, I, I think after my last segment on your on your show, that he was going to be committing on 4th of July, and he picked Arkansas. So I, I will categorize that as a recruiting loss for Notre Dame. But in terms of the five that we knew of when we had been talking about, you know, Cam Williams, Micah Bell, Rico Flores, um, Christian Gray, Charles Jagsaw, those five, Notre Dame did land all five of them. And uh, really nice recruiting wins for Notre Dame. Uh, positions of need. You got a, a on three five-star in Charles Jagasaw. Um, I mean, you, you get a, a top-flight receiver with offers from Ohio State and Bama and you know USC and all these schools. And you get your first two cornerback commitments ranked 118 nationally and 78th nationally. I mean, top 11 cornerback recruits in the country. And yeah, thing, things are going pretty well for, on, on the recruiting front for Notre Dame right now. I want to ask you about Rico Flores Jr. You have told us a lot about him over a good amount of time on the program. And this is a young man who had the great choices, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Georgia. And he is verbally committed to the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. When you think about how good he is, and when you also factor in the need in this class for Notre Dame, how much of a home run is this? The, the, the thing I like most about him on top of those two things is that he's a pretty ready-made receiver. So he doesn't have like, you know, four three four four speed. You know, I, I don't know his 40 time. He might be like a four six guy or something. He's, he's not a burner, but he's so technically advanced as a route runner using his hands. His football IQ comes from a fantastic program in, in, in Northern California at Folsom. Plays great competition up there. Just 
he does everything right. He, you know, he's got good size, about 6'1", 190, 195. Just a player who – can come in and help right away for Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, he's someone who, if Notre Dame needs him to, I could see him contributing as a true freshman. So um, just the overall skill, the rankings, the offer list, the position of need, obviously, receiver being so crucial for Notre Dame in this 2023 class, it's a monster get for the Irish. Now, Mike, I have an old friend who was a recruiting coordinator, and he always told me, try to combine classes at a position to really give you an idea where the program stands. So as we look at the the 23 class of wide receivers, if you want to go back to the 22 class for a second and, and kind of combine the two, we knew going into 22 that they were going to have to hit on the next couple of classes in order to get back the depth and quality. Didn't work out in 22, but is 23 helping to, to close the gap that was lost maybe the previous year? Oh, that's a tough question. It kind of will depend on how good, you know, like C.J. Williams and Amarion Walker, who they had committed but lost late. I actually think Williams is fairly comparable with, with Rico Flores, both um, these big-bodied outside receivers, very um, good technical players. So it'll kind of depend on that. But, yeah, Tobias Merriweather, who get, got to Notre Dame a few weeks ago, um, you know, he's a speedy, playmaking, high-ceiling outside receiver. Braylon James, another guy, I believe is, an, you know, six, what, 6'3", six, 200-pound-ish guy, uh, another outside guy. Flores, I think, can play in the slot. You can put him outside. They're getting versatile receivers with a good combination of, of ceiling and floor. Um yeah, I, I mean, receiver. I mean, again, you only signed one receiver in, in the twenty-two cycle, which was a, you know a flop. But the one you got in Merriweather um, was fantastic. You get Braylon James, you get Rico Flores, and Darren. I think that kind of moves us into our, our next ex, the next discussion is who could join uh, Flores and James. So let's get to that. Let's talk about what <laughs> might be coming down the line next for the Fighting Irish. And is there anybody close at wide receiver that might enhance that particular position? Yeah, there's two players I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on. You got Ronan Hannafin um, up from Massachusetts. So you got, you know, Texas, um, Northern California, you got Massachusetts, and the next guy we'll talk about is another Texas guy. So, I mean, they're, they're, Notre Dame's recruited all over the place. Um, Hannafin's really interesting because Notre Dame's just been recruiting him as an athlete. You see, um, for, for folks watching on YouTube, on three has him listed as an athlete, four-star player. But, you know, I thought for a while it was looking like he was going to be like a safety, maybe he's a rover. You know, if he gets bigger, he's just such a good athlete. But he seems to prefer receiver, and, you know, he's just such a good player that Notre Dame would love to take him at wide receiver. So I, I like Notre Dame to land uh, Hannafin. I put in a prediction um, several months ago for him to land the Irish. Still feeling pretty good about it. You know, he officially visited Boston College, um, Alabama, and I, I believe Clemson in June, as well as Notre Dame. So some heavy hitters there um, with two perennial national championship contenders. But I, I do like Notre Dame to land Hannafin. Um, and, and then the next guy would be Jaden Greathouse, who's from the Austin, Texas area, as well as Braylon James, who's committed. They're, they're good friends. Um, I, I think Greathouse and Hannafin – they don't have, like, set decision dates. They haven't put out there, like, hey, I'm 
committing soon, but just kind of an inkling that those two guys seem to be um, done with the recruiting process, going into decision mode. Um, both would be outstanding gets for Notre Dame as they sign a four-man receiver class of Ronan Hanif and Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores, um, and uh, Braylon James. I mean, I'll, I'll let the fans tell me if that's, you know, best receiver class since when. I'll, I'll let the fans tell me that. But be pretty darn good. And if they if that's four, that's hitting a really good number. I know Notre Dame fans really wanted four or five receivers in this class. So if they get a minimum of four, that'd be awesome. Are you ready for my one question I always ask you that's off the wall? I'm ready for it, Darren. Bring All right. it up. Just with Greathouse being from Texas and Texas recruiting him, Manning picking Texas, has that affected Notre Dame football recruiting at all? Because they had a great run of recruits right after Manning picked Texas. Has that affected anyone Notre Dame was interested in off the top of your head? Yeah, so you'd have to look at offensive skill players for that. And running back, no. Tight end, no. Offensive line, no. We would have to see what happens at receiver. Like, does like could Arch – Sway, Great House, or James, who again aren't often mm-hmm. kids, could that sway them towards Texas? We'll we'll just have to see. But I do believe Texas went on a little recruiting <laughs> run there after Arch committed, and I believe they got some receiver commitments. I'm not sure where their receiver board stands, but um, Great House and James, as well as Flores, all guys that you know if Notre Dame gets on. Um, of course, they already have Flores and James. Like if they get Great House, you've got to. Stay on them. You know, you got to stay on floors. You got to stay on James. Make sure that these guys, you know, aren't having second thoughts and, and avoid a disaster like Notre Dame had last cycle. I'm Darren Pritchett. He's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Joins us here on WSBT Radio. Let's go to the defensive side of the football. I, I think it's fair to say that going into this recruiting cycle, the outside on both sides of the football was a major need for this football team, and you're seeing them taking care of wide receiver. Now let's get to cornerback. As you've talked about, Micah Bell picked the Fighting Irish last week, and now Christian Gray has verbally committed to the Fighting Irish. And boy, Mike, they were on Gray for a very, very long time, and it paid off. Yeah, Darren, I mean, I think he visited campus seven times. I mean, it was kind of one of those, like, if they don't get him, like, this, it's going to be a huge blow. Um, I want to look, I'm, I'm not the guy who's going to, you know, praise the Notre Dame staff if they signed a bunch of five stars or a bunch of three stars. I'm just going to, you know, tell it exactly how I I think it is. The gray recruiting win is one of the more impressive recruiting wins I've seen. Not only, I mean, they beat out LSU, Ohio state, USC, that alone is pretty impressive. Alabama had offered them as well. So, I mean, just for Notre Dame, this is their highest-ranked cornerback recruit since 2007, according to the 23-on-3 consensus ranking. Gary Gray from South Carolina, ranked number 44 overall player. That's so great. The high uh, Christian, no relation. Yeah. Christian Gray is the highest ranked since Gary Gray. Uh, Christian's number 78 overall player. Again, Gary Gray is number 44. I mean, that is something else. So just in those two aspects. And, and obviously the film is very good. Gray ran, I think it was a 4-4-0 and a 4-4-2 at Ohio State in the 40-yard dash going into his uh, junior year of high school, and he ran a 4-4-9 at Notre Dame um, a, a week later. Like, yeah, all these things are impressive. But, look, like, when 
Christian Gray was in his freshman sophomore year of high school. His high school head coach, um, Robert Steeples, played and uh, you know had a cup of coffee in the NFL as a cornerback um, for the Dallas Cowboys. Played at Missouri. I mean, Steeples was Gray's mentor. These guys were very, very close. Steeples like a father figure to Christian Gray. Steeples ends up getting the LSU cornerbacks coach job in late December. Then they offer Christian Gray, and you're thinking, I mean, that it's going to be tough for Notre Dame. I mean, the Irish have looked so good to land this young man for such a long time. I mean, could he really say no to his – I mean, like father figure, mentor, you know how tough that it would have been. And it's LSU. That's argument for DBU. I mean, it's a fantastic school that breeds defensive backs. And Notre Dame beats out LSU and Mike Mickens and Brian Kelly. I mean, that's a heck of a recruiting win. I'm going to keep talking about that till I'm blue in the face. I mean, I don't know what Notre Dame did to get this guy, but, I mean, it's an impressive, impressive recruiting win. I mean, wouldn't you say right now uh, the job that Mickens has done to turn around that quarterback room is pretty impressive? The talent he's brought in? To to be seen. To to be determined. To be determined. I mean – I mean, the 2021 class, Philip Riley, Ryan Barnes. Um, I know I'm forgetting someone. And then last cycle, Benjamin Morrison, Jaden Mickey, um, and then uh, Jaden Mickey, Jaden Bellamy. I mean, it's, it's very much to be determined. Okay. Michael Bell, Christian Gray, I think, are, are fantastic gets. But, yeah, I'm not – I don't have a super strong opinion yet either way because – we just don't know. I mean, that 2021 DB class, I think they signed five. Two have already out, or two already already left the program. Barnes, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting somebody, Barnes, Riley, and then there's another that is still there. But, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I think the jury's still out. Jaden Mickey is the one that has already exceeded expectations. True freshman early enrollee from that 22 class. He's, he's already better. And, and Notre Dame had high expectations for him. He's already exceeded them. So that, that's definitely saying something. But, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, long way to say. Jury, jury's still out for okay. me personally uh, on cornerback recruiting. Fair enough. So five commitments last week. So, of course, we're going to be greedy, Mike. Are we close to another commitment in the 23 or 24 class? Yeah, Darren. So, you know, N- Notre Dame brings in guys in, like, March and April, and then you see a wave of like late April to into May commitments, and then you have these June official visitors, and then we just saw a wave of late June, early July commitments. I still think we're we're kind of in the tail end of this commitment wave. I think there's going to be a couple more um, before the end of the summer. I'd personally probably put the over under at like two and a half. Um, I think that there's still more to come how many obviously to be determined. We talked about Hannafin and Great House. I think the Irish are in pretty good shape there. I think there could be a you know I wouldn't be surprised to see another new offer or two this summer in the twenty twenty three class as well. Look, Notre Dame wants to have a high majority of this twenty three class wrapped up by the start of the season. I don't know, maybe eighty five, ninety percent that that's kind of their goal. Um so I I, I think we're definitely gonna see some some more fireworks this month. Okay, so with the 23 class, it's number one in the country. Yep. And yet there's a small base 
of the fans that are awfully concerned that there isn't a quarterback in the 23 class. Can you have an elite, great class without a quarterback in it? Well, first, just address quarterback recruiting. Still kind of in a, a waiting stage. I'm digging on that this week to see what Notre Dame does. Like, I don't think they've completely given up on Dante Moore, but it just does feel like the writing's on the wall that he's going to end up elsewhere. So we'll see what Notre Dame does. I think all options are on the table, at least from, from what I had heard. Um, so, But in terms of can they sign a great class, I mean, look, it, it, I, I still want to know if they're going to sign somebody in this class. That, that'll be a, a big determining factor um, on, on part of my thoughts on this class, at least. But, look, if they if they ended up skipping it or they take some three-star no one's really excited about, like, this, this still can be an elite class. Because, look, folks, um, when Notre Dame puts out a team on the field – you got players in the 2019 class, the 2020 class, 2021, 2022. It's not one class. So that's why I kind of I cringe a little bit when I see folks talking, this class is going to bring us a national championship. No, it's not. No single class is going to – I mean, I guess maybe like Alabama's 2017 class is the exception because that class is crazy. You know, Mac Jones and, um, you know, Devonta Smith, that class. But for the most part, yeah. it, it's, that's just not how this works. It's multiple classes you put together. So this class can help, you know, with Tyler Buckner or Steve Angeli or, you know, whoever at the quarterback position. You get pieces around them. It doesn't necessarily have to be the quarterbacks in the 2023 class. It's a, it's a group effort from multiple classes. It's not just one cycle. So I know that's kind of an elementary thought, but yeah. – I still see people saying, oh, this is the class that's the national championship class. Like, no, it's not really how it works unless you're Alabama. Yeah. Hey, there's a million things that go into a young man picking a school. So having said that, I'm just speaking out loud. With all the chaos right now in college football with USC and UCLA jumping to the Big Ten and with all the reports, Notre Dame – maybe considering all options, which I'm sure they are doing. Everything seems to be on hold right now. Oregon and Washington reportedly asked the Big Ten about joining. They said, you know what? No, we're going to be on pause for right now. Again, I know there's a lot that goes into recruiting, but I just wonder if this is going to cause, for example, someone like Dante Moore to wait a little longer to see if Oregon's going to be in that secondary conference like the Pac-12 or if Oregon gets into the Big Ten, you're in one of the two super conferences. I know that's a lot right there, and kids have many reasons why they go to a school. I just wonder if that delays things even further because you want to get better, you want to get your NIL stuff, I get that, but it's also nice to win and play in big games. I have no idea, man. I've, I mean, I think if, like, if Oregon ends up in the Big Ten, like, I mean, that's, I think that can be a game changer for – like a Dante Moore and Midwest kids, there's just so many wrinkles um, to this, how this would affect Notre Dame recruiting if they stay independent or not. I mean, I'm, I'm sure talking heads will, will have such strong opinions on that. That's, you know, I, I don't think it will. I think Notre Dame is going to be Notre Dame. Yep. You know, I, I, they're going to recruit at a high level. You know, it, it's not like, Oh, Marcus Freeman's going to be able to get in the door for an in-home visit or not based on Notre Dame's conference affiliation. Just don't 
see that. Do they lose a little mystique? Maybe. But then there's a lot of pros to entering the conference. So, again, I, I think for on the recruiting front, it's going to come down to relationships, as it's been for the past, you know, 50 years. What, however long, you know, you, you know, people have been tracking recruiting. Like, it, it, it's relationships. Um, you know, it, it's yeah. the, having great visits and being personable and all that good stuff. Mike, those kids aren't going to care what's on the sleeve. The conference, they're going to care about that indie logo on the chest. That carries I, the I, weight. I, uh, they, I mean, they care a lot about Nike or Under Armour. I mean, yeah. like that. that yeah. That's that's something the kids care. I mean, yeah. I, or it could be totally wrong. It'll be a big deal for, for Notre Dame recruiting. But still, I, I think either way. Yep. You know, Notre Dame will be fine. I mean, whether they're in the Big Ten or, or in independent program, they're, they're going to do really well. All right. Finally, since we're talking about the 23 class, we're far along in this class. Is there a position of need at this particular point? Is there something that stands out? And is it the obvious answer, what we just talked about, quarterback? And, well, they need to close strong at receiver. Um, I mean, Keon Keeley is a position of need unto himself. Just keep the you know, one yeah. of the best players in the country. I, I think you can make a really strong argument that Keeley is the best non-quarterback recruit in the country. Like, everyone loves the quarterbacks in this class. Keeley, I think, is, is the best um, non-QB. Um, you know, still a little bit work to do at safety, linebacker, um, you know, running back, but it, it's it's quarterback for sure. That's the biggest area of need. I mean, like a broken record at this point, Darren, but it's quarterback, receiver, and corner. Yeah. And those are the three that have been the biggest areas of need for this class and it's really Notre Dame recruiting as a whole. And I think they've done a really nice job at corner, getting Bell and, and Gray. I think they're if things continue to trend the way they are at receiver, I think they're going to do really well there. And it's just like, all right, what, what now a quarterback? Um, does CJ Carr reclass? Uh, the, the, can they pull off and now upset and get Dante Moore? Do they go, you know, flip the Baylor quarterback commit, Austin uh, Novasad, maybe Brock Glenn from uh, the Memphis area? I mean, there, there, there's just many options. Um, you know, we'll just kind of have to see where they go. All right, let's wrap up with your sales pitch about Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I mean, Believe it or not, fall camp's right around the corner, so you'll definitely want to lock in at blueandgold.com. We should have four or five reporters at every open practice between, you know, Patrick Angle, Tyler Horka, Ashton Pollard, um, and Todd Burledge, um, a photographer. I mean, like, we'll, we'll have a ton of people present, so Blue and Gold will definitely be the place to be to get all the um, the scoop on how the players are looking, what the coaches are saying, and, of course, um, tons of recruiting insights as well. So, yeah, blueandgold.com, $1 for one-year premium access. As always, Mike, thanks for the visit. Thanks for the insight. We'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Darren. That's Mike Singer. I'm Darren Pritchett. More sports beat next on 960 AM WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 